At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. Let's get into it, folks. Time for another edition of Prop Watch here on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Danny Burke, your host here with you always to preview Monday night, Thursday night, and all the games on Sunday night every single week throughout the entirety of of the National Football League season. Remember, you can follow on Twitter at DannyBurg5. And if you want a full game preview and a early look ahead to Sunday's slate, make sure you check out that episode also available here on the feed. Matt Humans joins along and we touch on the side and total and again, some of the early spots that have been catching mine and Matt's attention for week 14. But let's go ahead and dive into a few props that have caught my attention for Thursday night between the Rams and the Raiders. And don't forget, this episode will also be doing an update on the futures department because we did it last week. We were waiting to see some of the results. And now that it has come to fruition, I'm giggling because one uh, just completely threw us uh, a stray shot, I guess you could say. Uh, we'll be telling you how we're looking to play it now. So I do have one play in terms of a futures bet. But let's get into it with some of these props. Let's begin in special teams. Yes, we're going back to the kickers. We've done this a couple of times this season. I think we're 1-1, one one, but hopefully we can make that 2-1. I'm looking at Daniel Carlson, field goals made. 1.5 is the number posted across the board in the state of Illinois the juice is about minus 150 or so to the over. But the best juice, meaning the least amount you have to pay, minus 148 is what I found at Caesar Sportsbook. 
Look, Daniel Carlson is a great kicker, as we've come to know at this point in his career. And the Raiders have very much utilized him this season. Uh, the Raiders are attempting about 2.3 field goals per game, which is third most. And over the course of the last three games, they're attempting over three per game, which is the most in the National Football League. Now their opponent, the Los Angeles Rams, their opponents are attempting over two field goals per game against Los Angeles in 2.7 over the course of their last three games. So a hefty amount. So what does that tell you? It tells you that one, the Rams defense is vulnerable enough to allow their opponents to move the ball into their own territory. And two, once they do that, the Rams are pretty efficient at limiting them in the red zone. When you look at their red zone numbers, it's actually pretty impressive. The Rams rank second in red zone defense, meaning their opponents are scoring a touchdown just 43% of the time when they enter the red zone, which again is second best. Very, very strong out of the defense of Los Angeles. And throughout the course of the last three games, it's gotten even better. It's decreased to 35.7%. So even if the Raiders are able to move the ball, the Rams have a very good chance at limiting their success into the end zone, thus setting up more opportunities for Daniel Carlson, a kicker that's averaging 9.1 kicking points per game, 2.3 field goals on 2.5 attempts per contest, and he's gone over one and a half, meaning Carlson's made two or more field goals in a game in nine out of 11 contests he has been involved with this year. Yeah, only two times has he not gotten two or more field goals in a game, and this seems like it's setting up for the perfect opportunity for him to eclipse this mark once again. The last five kickers that the Rams have faced have all kicked at least two or more field goals, or rather have at least made two or more field goals against Los Angeles. So I'm thinking Carlson does the same. And even though it's a hefty price of minus 148, I think it's worth laying that juice based on the sample size and based off the numbers telling you that he should be able to get ample opportunities to set up for three points. And hopefully he can knock it through twice. So count me in for Daniel Carlson over one and a half field goals made at the price of minus 148. All right, let's continue on with another prop I'm looking at for Thursday Night Football. And now I'm looking at the side of Los Angeles and their offense, believe it or not. And how about Cam Akers, believe it or not? He was lost, but now he has been found and he has been revived in this red zone offense for the Rams. Last week, Akers got in the end zone twice. Man, uh, I know some of you fantasy owners, he made you rip your hair out, but if you're someone like myself, humble brag, who picked him up off the waiver wires and just got lucky, well, you're praising the guy, and I'm looking to praise him once again, hoping he can find six, because I am betting Cam Akers anytime touchdown at plus 180. Now, it's not just because he found the end zone twice last week. I'm not having complete recency bias. It's because of the matchup. He's going against this Raiders defense that is allowing a rushing touchdown on average once per game. This season entirely, the Raiders have allowed nine rushing touchdowns. Now, last week, he also accumulated all of the red zone snaps in comparison to Kyron Williams. Now, in terms of the full scope of the game, Akers found himself taking 72% of the snaps, whereas Williams only had 28%. So somehow, someway, Akers has found himself back in the starting lineup, and they used him pretty frequently last week. I think they do the same this week. And why is that? If they make the red zone, what is going to be available for them? 
Well, they don't have Matt Stafford slinging rockets left and right between the pylons. They don't have an efficient quarterback. They don't have any efficient receivers. You've lost Cooper Cup, who was your only receiver, and you lost Allen Robinson, who sometimes would show up to play for the money they're paying him. Aside from that, Cam Akers is virtually your best athlete left on the field. And you're going against the Raiders defense that not only on average is allowing one rushing touchdown per game, folks, but according to DVOA in their section where they do head-to-head matchups, brilliant stuff, by the way, make sure you check it out. According to DVOA, Las Vegas ranks dead last in their red zone defense against the run. So they list their red zone efficiency overall, right? But specifically against the run in the red zone, the Raiders rank 32nd, which is dead last. So again, the Rams are already limited offensively as is with their weapons. Who can you trust or have the most confidence in to find their way into the end zone? Well, according to what happened last week, it's Cam Akers. Well, according to what could be the best matchup based on analytics and recent trends, it's Cam Akers. And they're giving us a good plus money price at Caesar Sportsbook, the same place we made our bet for Carlson, the price at plus 180. Some other books have like plus 130 or plus 140. I would try to find plus 150 or above because if it were below that, like plus 120, 125, I wouldn't be as tempted to play it. But Cam Akers should be set up for a nice evening if the Rams are going to be able to find themselves in the red zone, which they should, folks, because the Raiders' defense, uh, no bueno. You know this. We all know this. I know they've won their last three games, but opponents are still going to be able to move the ball against them. And the Raiders defensively in the red zone rank 29th, meaning opponents are scoring a touchdown upon entering the red zone against them 64% of the time. So if the Rams get there, probably have a solid chance to execute, and hopefully that execution is by the hands of one Cam Akers. So count me in for plus 180 anytime touchdown for Mr. Cam Akers. Please be resuscitated to the fullest amount, my man. We're counting on you. All right, so those are my two official props that I am playing. There is one that I do want to discuss. Now, the reason I'm not playing this is because it's a tad bit conflicting with my Daniel Carlson prop. Not entirely, but just a little bit. Because if you think it's a higher scoring game, they both could absolutely hit. But I'm talking about Derek Carr and his passing touchdowns at one and a half. And the reason that I bring this up, if you have more interest in this than I do, is because the Rams are allowing one and a half passing touchdowns per game and 2.3 over their last three. Compared to rushing touchdowns, I know Josh Jacobs has been a main source of success, but the Rams allowing opposing tailbacks just 0.6 rushing touchdowns the whole season and 0.3 over the course of the last three games. Overall this season, the Rams have allowed 17 passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns. Pretty big discrepancy. And five opposing quarterbacks have had multiple passing touchdowns in a game. Derek Carr is averaging 1.7 passing touchdowns per game himself. However, he has gotten multiple passing touchdowns not only in the last five games in a row, but nine out of 12 the entire season. So when the Raiders get to the red zone, even though they're not executing too frequently, they are looking to pass it a lot. And if you think they do find some success in that arena, well, consider Derek Carr over one and a half passing touchdowns 
minus 115 or so was the price that I saw. But because I'll be rooting a little bit more so for them to fail in the red zone and for Carlson to get field goal attempts, I'm just going to stick to that one. But if you're someone who thinks it's going to be a really high-scoring affair and that the Raiders are going to have ample chances, well, then both could hit for sure. I'm just not that convinced on it. But I think the stats add up enough worth talking about it. So consider that one as well. But in summation, we've got Daniel Carlson over one and a half field goals made at minus 148 and Cam Akers anytime touchdown prop at plus 180. So those are the props we are rocking with. All right, let's talk a little bit of futures before we head out. So last week, I talked to you about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Washington Commanders. Uh, let's start with Jacksonville because I do have a bet on them. If you recall, they were playing the Lions last week and we did bet Detroit on the money line. And Detroit came through pretty easily. I didn't think it'd be easy, but hey, they came through and we'll take that absolutely. Last week, I was looking at Jacksonville's win total. Six and a half was the number. Over was about like minus 155. The under was plus 145. That was the best number offered at FanDuel. Great value. Very strong value, especially considering where it's at now. Because if you look at FanDuel, who just happens to still have the best price to the under... It's still six and a half for Jacksonville, yet the under is now minus 130. So what did I tell you? I told you that I did think Detroit would win that game and that, of course, the lines would move. But even if it moved to a price where we would have to lay, such as we do with minus 130, I would still be willing to play it because it's still at six and a half. I'm not necessarily laying an egregious amount. And I'm further solidified in my thinking that they stay under six and a half wins because the Lions matchup was sort of a toss-up. So considering they lost that, that took any of their highest chances of getting a winnable game under their belt eradicated. So basically, it's giving me more confidence that they stay under because that was a game that they on paper could have won, but they failed to. And they look terrible doing so. So I have even more confidence that Jacksonville will remain under six and a half wins. And I'm fine with laying minus 130 to do so. I stressed that last week. And I'm putting my money where my mouth is this week. Because you look at the remaining winnable games. They've got one. Only one. And it's at Houston against the Texans. Otherwise, they've got three remaining losable games at Tennessee, which is this week. I don't think they win that game. Versus Dallas, you're not beating the Cowboys. Doesn't matter if it's home or away. And then you're on the road against the New York Jets. The Jets offense looking better with Mike White. They have one of the best defenses. And realistically, the Jets have that game circled as a game they need to win for their playoff aspirations. And then your toss-up game is when you play Tennessee again later in the year. I believe that's the final game of the season. So who knows if Tennessee needs to be playing their starters if they have the division uh, uh, racked up. But you get them at home. So we'll consider that 50-50. So at best, with one of them being a 50-50 spot, I see Jacksonville getting two more wins at best. Their current record right now is 4-8, and eight, so two more wins at the absolute max would give you 6, which would stay under the 6 in the hook, which would make laying minus 130 to the under 6.5 wins worth the play. So that's what I got as my official bet. Jacksonville Jaguars under 6.5 for their adjusted win total at the price of minus 130. Now I get sometimes it's not ideal to lay prices with these win totals, but when you have enough conviction... In a spot like this with a win total and we're in the back half of the season, I'm willing to lay that money to wait a little bit of time on something I feel very strong about. 
Now, something I don't feel as strong about anymore. The Washington Commanders. You did me dirty. So we teased up the Giants. And if the Commanders just would have won in overtime by a touchdown or field goal, it would have been fine, right? Because the teaser leg would have covered and the Commanders would have won and their win total would have adjusted in our favor. Because last week, their win total was 9.5. The under, the best number, was minus 140, which I didn't mind laying. But for the fact that I was unsure if they were going to win against the Giants, I wanted to wait because if they would have won, right, the number to the under would have been more feasible. It would have been more attractive. And if they would have lost... Well, it would have happened as it would have happened here because it ties the same as a loss in terms of the win total. So they tied, and now the number is 8.5 and the under is plus 130. I thought it would still maybe stay. Well, no, realistically, it was probably going to stay, or pardon me, it was going to move to 8.5, but I don't know now. I'm just a little bit torn with this commander's team. Plus 130 is what you can get. At DraftKings, at Bet Rivers, at BetMGM, plus 130 to the under, 8 in the hook. They're currently 7, 5, and 1. So the remaining games, they have a winnable game. They're on a bye right now, but they get the Giants again post-bye week. They were your most recent opponent. You probably have the advantage there. Toss-up games against Cleveland at home. The Browns with Watson. Who the heck knows, man? I don't, I don't think they're better off with Watson. I think they're better off with Brissett. Losable games at San Francisco, but now that door opens up a tad because Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Uh, versus Dallas is the final game of the year, but Dallas won't be the top seed in the division, so they'll probably need a win. So that's why that's a losable game. But things change now because of Brock Purdy being in the mix, although I still think they beat the Commanders um, due the 49ers because of their great defense and coaching. But I don't know. I mean, it's just such a bummer they ended that game at a tie. And plus 130 at 8.5, again, they could easily beat the Giants next week, right? And then that'll probably boost their win total up to 9.5 with heavy juice to the under once again. So I sound like a broken record, but why don't we just wait then? I have a little bit more confidence in the Commanders to win this upcoming game than I did the last one, and yet I still waited. And did it work out? Not necessarily, no. But if we think it can adjust again after next week and we think the Commanders have the edge in that game, which I do because the Giants squandered their opportunities, both teams did, but still, uh, it probably moves back up to 9.5 with some heavy juice to the under because then you have two fewer games, right? So limited opportunities for them to get over it. But again, I will be willing to probably lay a hefty price if that is the case. Like minus 140, I was fine laying. I don't know. Maybe minus 160 would be the highest. That would probably be the highest I'd have to go. But we'll see. I'm not ready to jump the gun yet. But just wanted to update where that commander's win total win. Uh, fascinating. They end in a tie the ugliest way possible. And uh, it just would have been perfect that they would have won that game. That we would have pounced on the under especially if we would have got some plus money to under nine and a half. But really, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Commanders only win one more game the remainder of this year. That's why it's very tempting to look toward the under. But ultimately, our updated futures play, the Jacksonville Jaguars under six and a half wins at the price of minus 130. That is what I played. And then for our props, Cam Akers, anytime touchdown prop, plus 180. Daniel Carlson, over one and a half field goals made. 
at the price of minus 148. That's what I got rocking for Thursday Night Football and beyond. Let me know what you're looking forward to playing or if you have any questions, comments, concerns at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Always appreciate if you like and subscribe to the podcast and make sure you check out that episode where Matt Humans and I preview the ins and outs of the game and then look forward to another episode tomorrow of Prop Watch and a full in-depth preview, but of every single game for the Sunday slate for week 14 with Mike Palm and myself. But until then, best of luck and take care, folks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.